Cert Disc 2 to continue listening. Welcome to this Gameware podcast with me, Chris, and... Me! Ashley. You didn't look very happy at that one. Uh, it didn't make sense again, did it? Insert Disc 2 to continue listening. Yeah, it stopped making sense <laughs> when Walkman stopped being a thing, didn't it, that one? <laughs> so before we even started making a podcast, that didn't make sense. I was thinking like Final Fantasy VII. Insert no, I know why. Continue. You, I know I was trying to make thinking. it relevant to, to yeah, podcasts. I think that you listening. weren't thinking. I think I that's thought, the problem with a lot of these. I thought very carefully about that. Oh dear. <laughs> took me a long time. Okay, so insert disc. Which disc were you, were you inserting? Two. Two. Yeah. Two. Okay. So we're about quarter way through the story. What's your favourite multi-disc game? Resident Evil 2. Is it a multi-disc game? Yeah. I hate Resident Evil. It scares me too much. The reason why... Should we talk about this now or should I just podcast? I'll talk about it now. I borrowed Resident Evil 2 off a friend and I cycled back from his house and uh, I found my bike <laughs> and I was really gutted. Like, oh no, what... Smashed we... it? Yeah, I smashed the case up. I was like, oh, this isn't my game. What are we going to do? And then I opened the, the case like... There's only one disc in here. What am I going to do? And I looked, scrabble around the grass looking. I couldn't find the second disc. I was, didn't know what to do. So I went home. I told Dad about it. And uh, it culminated on us going on eBay and buying another copy of the game. The other game came in the post. Turns out that my friend had just put the second disc on top of the, the first disc in the case. So you got a free Resident so, Evil? Well, I didn't get a free one. I had a copy for myself. Did you buy gave... it with your money? Yeah. Oh, yeah, not free. I thought your dad had done my, good dadding. No, it's my fault for falling off the bike, wasn't it? Oh, no, I know it was your fault. I just thought your dad had, like, sympathised with you. No, and... not at all. And no. I embellished it. I told my dad that a car had tried to run me off the road <laughs> to, try, to try and make it me, me sound like less Because it's a stupid... Oh, I just fell off my bike. Like, what an idiot. Totally unrelated to games, but when I moved to Grimsby in 1996, me and my brother went biking to Cleethorpes, which is a few miles yeah. up the road. We wanted to go fishing, and we were biking with our bi- with our fishing rods on our handlebars. Mine was dangling down. I was going quite fast, and my fishing rod just swung into my front wheel and sent me oh. right over. My me, me bike landed on top of me, and my hook ended up in my finger. Could have gone somewhere worse. Yeah. Anyway, I'm assuming that the game is Paperboy, given the... Uh, Based on that context. Yeah. No, not at all. Welcome to this Gameware podcast, where each week, myself or Ashley brings a game to the table for you that want to play. I, yep. should, I should have done that before the story, shouldn't I? Yeah, really? we should have. <laughs> we should have. But you um, insist on doing those things, so it occurred to me that you might have a favourite multi-disc game. And you did. Resident Evil 2. Mm. So this week, I am bringing a game for Ashley to play. A game that you yeah. don't know anything about, because I haven't told you. That's the format. We're sticking with it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, what? we're going for it. What is it? What is the game? So this week, it's this game where you play as a well-loved and internationally famous rodent, reliving his greatest hits, and it's a platformer on the Mega Drive. You look perplexed. Say it again. You play as a well-loved and internationally famous rodent, reliving his greatest hits, and it's a platformer for the Mega Drive. No idea? No idea. You don't think Sonic based on that? Well, yes I had, but I don't think that it fits with reliving his greatest hits on the Mega Drive. Ah, so I led you down the garden path and I was going to pull the rug out from underneath you. It's not Sonic. No. I'm assuming that it's going to be something in like, like from another IP, like Tom and Jerry or... Okay. Uh, something like that. Uh, it's not Tom and Jerry. Nope. No, it's not Tom and Jerry. No, sir. I uh, know. Go on. Mickey Mania. Oh, right. Okay. Oh. you played this game before? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go then. Mickey yeah. Mania. I don't remember it very well. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I remember it. I do remember it, and and sort of Mickey Mouse Castle Illusion and World Illusion mm. and all that. They were those Mickey games, strangely, in the same way that you have like the Lion King and Aladdin yeah. on the Mega Drive. That's that series of Disney games. They're very well regarded. The, the console. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It, 
even as much as Sonic. Yeah. Like alongside that. Yeah, doing my research this episode, there's a, a lot of retrospectives about those games, yeah. the, the ones you just mentioned, that are all look back at them very, very fondly, and rightly so, I think. Yeah, they were they were always good platformers. So. so why then, Mickey Mania, why not World of Illusion or Castle Illusion or one of the plethora of other Disney games? I played this one a lot more than the others. I had Castle of Illusion mm. on Mega Drive. That was the first of the two, wasn't it? I Castle can't and then World. remember. I remember the front cover. It's got him with like a cast in the background. In the background, looking all, like spooky. He's looking all scared. And yeah. Like, he's pooed himself. That was the one I played most. I think because my cousin had it. Mm. But Mickey Mania is the one that you've chosen. It's just a really solid platformer game. Yeah. And there's, there's a reason why I've specifically chosen that, which I will come to presently. Okay. So do you want a bit of history about it? Yeah, go for it. So it came out for the Mega Drive in spring 1995. I think I got That's it. That's quite late, you see. Because that, presumably that makes it after Castle and World of Illusion. Yes, it does, yeah. yeah. It came out on the SNES, Mega Drive and Mega CD in spring 1995. And then it was also released to the PlayStation 1 in 1996. Really? But it was rebranded for some reason. I couldn't find out why. I always referred to it as Mickey Mania, but it was subtitled uh, The Timeless Adventures of Mickey Mouse. Right. No one ever called it that, because why would you? No. So, just Mickey Mania. On PS1, it was rebranded as Mickey's Wild Adventure. Sounds like... Worst um, time. Spring Break. Yeah, it does. Mi- Mickey's Spring Break Adventures. Mickey's Wild Adventure. Mice on Tour. My favourite Disney game name is Donald Duck Quackshot. That was the N64. I've literally never understood why it's called that. I just got it just then. <laughs> Crackshot. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> is it because I said it? It must be your tone of voice. Crystallised, yeah, yeah, what it means. Crackshot, yeah, I like it. A pun in a, a game title. Yeah. Mickey Mania. It's alliteration, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's it is. That's, that. that's, yeah, that's why they've gone for that, hasn't it? But the, you, like, those subtitles are so unadventurous. The timeless adventures of Mickey Mouse. So in the game, you go through six worlds, I suppose, that are all a classic cartoon from Mickey's past. Yeah. And each one is done is in the in the style of that cartoon, and you go through, and the idea is that you you rescue the Mickey that's hidden in that level. Yeah, we don't have to do that. That's a bit of a, a I'm side quest. Wondering whether I'm remembering the wrong game. Yeah. <laughs> that's possible. So maybe you haven't played this game. Maybe at I all. haven't played this one. So that's where I'm thinking the timeless part of it comes in because it's it's that. Like I said, greatest hit. It was going to come out in 1993 to tie with Mickey's 65th birthday, but that would only have given the team six months to have make it, have made it. Which isn't her, unheard of, but would have ended up... You're saying that this is like a an amazing game? I think it is, yeah. I think it's great. Okay. Have you played it recently? Yes, okay. I have. There are a lot of games that are made on in that period in, in quite a short... With quite a short turnaround. But what's the quality of those games? And yeah, I'm not sure. So you go through classic cartoons from Mickey's past. I've got a list here. Steamboat Willie, presumably. First one. That is interesting. <laughs> Mickey's first ever cartoon, wasn't it? No, apparently really? not. Because So the bit that I'm going to cut, I, I've cut. For anyone that's listening, there is a bit that I'm going to cut. You're not going to hear it earlier on. Uh, where I say that I've played this game with uh, Disney, Disney trivia. So maybe I'm going to have to leave that in now. The paradox of it all. I don't know. Uh, and such, one of the such questions... A, such a well-structured podcast. <laughs> I know. One one of the questions in this trivia game was, what was Mickey Mouse's first um, f- first cartoon? And I thought it was Steamboat Willie. I didn't even look at the other two. And apparently it wasn't. What was it then? I don't know, because I didn't look at the other two. It was I'm wondering Willie. whether it was something to do with Oswald or whatever mm, his name is. Whether he was he actually... Pit in the background or something. In the background, or as an, like a, a nemesis or a buddy or something like that. We'll, ha- we'll have a check. We, we can check at half-time, can't we? I'm sure when I was doing this research for this, that 
Well, I was yeah. thinking about well, Woody. It says like it's said, Mickey Mouse's first cartoon. I thought it was Mickey Mouse's first cartoon, but I'm wondering whether it's Mickey Mouse's first cartoon as the main character. Right, okay. Or something like that. Possibly. Because, and the only thing that I'm basing it on is this stupid game that Capcom made, where you go around the Disney Disney world. The fact it's wrong. I think. Reckon? Yeah. So Steamboat Willie from 1928. Mm-hmm. You then play through The Mad Doctor from 1933. Yeah. Moose Hunters from 1937. The Lonesome Ghosts from 1937. Then Mickey and the Beanstalk in 1947. I know that one for sure. That's been in lots of games. Yes, it has. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's a hidden level that's only in the Mega Drive and that I didn't even know about until I found out about it for reasons I'll explain in a bit. Called The Band Concert, which came out in 1935. Don't know why it appears in that point because it's not chronological. And then you play through The Prince and the Pauper from 1990s. So you skip forward uh, 43 that, years. That's a feature film. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah I remember watching that. I remember that coming out. Yeah. Don't I don't remember it coming out. I was only two. Right. But I have seen it. Is it good? It's Mickey Mouse. You know, like... Mickey Mouse doing The Prince and the Pauper. That kind of... Yeah. Have you ever watched a Mickey Mouse film? I've seen... Because it made lots of... Christmas Carol. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I don't... I don't think The Prince and the Pauper... Prince and the Pauper is not that good a story. I'm not just really, gonna... no. Be contentious no, and put it out there. Not a good story. Whereas so. Christmas Carol is really good. The Ghost of Christmas Future in Mickey's Christmas Carol terrifying. is absolutely terrifying. It has to be. Yeah. has to be. It doesn't matter whether you're making it for kids or not. My uncle got me it on DVD for Christmas uh, two years ago, I think it was, because I used to watch it with him loads. We had it taped off the telly. Mm. And it then went through a phase where you couldn't get it to. And you still can't get it on, on DVD at all. Yeah. So he got me the Polish copy of it, because on, on the Polish copy of the DVD, it's got the English version. Ah, right. So he got me, it's like, I thought it was a fantastic Christmas present. Yeah. I was so chuffed with it. That and is nice. I watched it with my daughter, and she also loved it. Excellent. So good. That is how I've seen it. Probably be on Disney Plus. Probably, yeah. Along with all the Simpsons. Yeah, they are all going to be on there apparently because we weren't supposed to be getting them. So that's the the game. It was developed by Traveller's Tales. Really? Mm. Right. Okay. So where did where did this sit within their their pantheon productions? Yeah. So it came out in 1995. It was one of their earlier titles. Mm. They'd released a game before. It's called Pugsy, which I've not heard of. No. Do you know anything about Traveller's Tales? I know some. What do you know about You tell one? me what you want to tell Okay. Me. British developer. Yeah. Based near Manchester. They created a lot of games for Disney in the mid to late 90s. They did the Toy Story game for Mega Drive. Have you played yeah. that? Yeah, I'm sure I've played it with you. Brilliant game. Yeah, you did actually. Yeah. yeah, you did. They did the game of A Bug's Life for the PlayStation 1. They did yeah, Toy Story 2. Yeah, which is a great 2. game. It is a great game, yeah. They did a Finding Nemo game, which I don't remember Never ever coming out. Never played Finding Nemo game. They also did Sonic 3D for the Mega Drive and Sonic R, which came out for the Saturn. I've played yeah. that on the PC. I've played Sonic 3D and didn't realise that was Traveller's Tales. So. Best Sonic game, Sonic Spinball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling a horrible yeah, face. That I mean, it's all relative. <laughs> Sonic 3. Rubbish. They then went on to do Lego Star Wars and all of the subsequent yes. Lego games. And that's that's what I know them most for. And the rest is I also history. saw, I think it was on YouTube, but it might have been on something else, uh, the way that they redesign their logo each time. Do they? Not each time. Each time they've redesigned their logo. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, and it was just a nice little arc of their logo as it started off, and then they it developed. It's a little creature on a little, like, toadstool thing, thing, isn't it? Is it? Like, I think it's, it's like a float flying rock or whatever. I always think it's like a toadstool, like a Lord of the Rings type thing. Okay. So the reason why I'm presenting this is basically because of Traveller's Tales. John Burton Don't is John the... Burton the head designer of Traveller's Tales, and he started in 2017 a YouTube channel called Game Hut. Oh, there John Burton. We go. 
Yes, okay, so I do know John Burton. So I've, I've Game told... Hut, for anyone that has not seen Game Hut, it, it is, it's brilliant. It's, it's incredible. Just insights into all into the ways that they made all these, or, well, the way he develops these games, including Sonic. Yes. Yeah. So he puts on, he started the channel in 2017, and he puts on semi-regularly videos that are behind the scenes, cut content. He's done a Let's Play of Mickey Mania, the whole game. Has he? He has. Right, okay. And it's it's a good couple of hours long. And that, that is the main reason why I'm bringing this today, is yeah. because I was catching up on Game Hurt a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, actually, I would like Ashley to, to play as well as talk about this game, mm-hmm. because it reminded me, watching the Let's Play, it reminds me of what a brilliant game it was. It's a really interesting video to watch. I'd recommend watching it, because he, he gives you lots of behind-the-scenes information. Not gossip, that's the wrong word, but, oh, here's how we did this. Yeah, obviously, we're not going to go through the things that he tells you, because no. you'd be better off watching the video. He's, he's very insightful, yeah. um, and everything that he talks about is usually pretty interesting. Yes, it is. But in order to to wet the whistles of anyone listening and maybe send them his way, can you remember anything that he told you that was interesting? So for Mickey Mania, for example, the thing that I remember with this is in the Lonesome Ghost level, he talks about the the animation in this game is stunning. Like It looks like a Disney game and the fact they did this on the Mega Drive. And he said that Disney sent them over animation cells from the original cartoons that someone then scanned in or digitised or whatever. So the... The, the animation that you see on screen is as as much as it can be from the actual cartoon. I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. The fact that that, really that, that happened with a 60-year gap between those two things, Lonesome Ghost 1937, this game 1995. Yeah, that is... I mean, my head, my my brain's spinning off in different directions, but it's, it's a bit sad as well because you look at the way that they've clearly preserved their mm. asset, a 60-year gap between when it was made and when it was turned into a computer game and then you think about the way that computer games at the time were being lost and continue to be lost because our industry this industry hasn't caught on to the fact that it might be worth saving some things missing floppies we <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, case exactly. of the missing floppies yeah, we we've got too, far too many missing floppies we all suffer from it from time to time yeah it is true yeah, so I'd recommend his channel. He also comes across his channel as just being like a really nice bloke. Yeah, just... I've, I've always got that impression. Yeah, yeah. It, they're just so interesting. The the one that I really liked was when he was talking about the level select cheat screen oh, for yeah. Sonic. And yeah. the reason behind that uh, being in the game. It was it was a crash safe. It was like a, cra- a safety net for crashes. It was a bug, essentially, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was it when you knocked the... So Sonic 3D, if you wiggle the cartridge in the Mega Drive slot, it then launches a level select. Yeah. And the reason being... What it was, was it? it was a crash saver. So if yeah, the game crashed, right. then it would, instead of sending you to a crash screen or freezing, the game would handle it by sending you to the level select screen. And that allowed them to get through certification. Mm. Without worrying about crashes, but uh, like in terms of a a way, that is lateral thinking. Like, yeah, it is definitely. How do we solve this problem? Well, we can't. <laughs> so <laughs> let's do something different with it. To he's put on in, in the last couple of months. He's put on a load of cut music from Sonic 3D, which I listened to, and it didn't really particularly appeal to me. But I, I wanted to listen to it because I wanted to. I wanted to complete Game Hut. I wanted to listen to it, <laughs> listen to all the, the videos. And he, some of them came up. So one of them came up with it was Casino Nights. So they yeah. were presumably going to yeah. do a Casino Nights in Sonic 3D. Yeah, which would have been interesting. It would. But... One of the levels came up with this piece of music, and it ended up being used in Sonic Adventure 2. Really? Yeah, because mm. all the music was composed by someone from Japan in Sega HQ who was sending the stuff over on. Yeah. on set tape I think or one of the videos he's done in particular that I watched a couple of weeks ago that made me want to do this was a video where he talked about the technical achievements they've produced the fact that this is a Mega Drive game you've got levels that use fully scrolling 3D you've got the way they did different effects and, and 
he this video just showed all these effects and they're amazing. Mm. So I wanted you to have a go at these. There's a, there's a level where you go around the edge of a tower and there's barrels rolling down, there's bats flying, but the tower itself looks stunning. It's revolving. Yeah, there's also a level in the Moose Hunters section where it's Mickey is running towards the screen from the moose behind you and the ground beneath you is basically like a rolling barrel that you're sort of running like on. the Lion King exactly the same as the yeah, Lion King yeah right. but just looks stunning in terms of your personal attachment to this game you had it when you were so I've been nine I think my brother nine. got it for his birthday so my wow. brother and I got Mega Drives both of us you both got Mega Drives I think I've told us before you've told us upstairs downstairs Mega Drives so. no no that was someone else had upstairs that was someone else so, you never told me you had two Mega Drives in the household <laughs> that's posh my brother got one before me, and I was really gutted because, and he wasn't bothered. He wasn't bothered about he it. You have told all. me about him not being bothered about the Mega Drive. So I used to sit and play his Mega Drive all the time, and then my parents just got me one. Why didn't you just have your have his Mega Drive in your room? That would probably have made more sense. Yeah, spoiled children. More money, literally more money than sense. Was this was this a game that you got with the Mega Drive when it came out, or no? My, I, I remember playing it in my brother's bedroom, so it must have been before I got my. Mega Drive, so I think it must have been for either his birthday, 1995, or Christmas, 1995, that we right. got it, so around that sort of time. I think I got my Mega Drive in 1996. It always boggles my brain that you were getting games that were coming out then, you know, because... Spoiled. Well, apparently so. All of my games, I had like two years, three years, four years Often without the after. card, without the, the box. <laughs> yeah, or the always, always without the box, or without, without the uh, manuals. Always secondhand, right? I think I had one game on the NES, which was my, well, not my first console, but my first console that was brand new and the rest were second hand without their boxes and things. So when you talk about, oh yeah, it came out in 95 and we got it in 95, I'm like, what? It's fine. I'm nice and humble about it. Yeah, I know. Definitely not bragging. And I've, I've grown up into such a well-rounded individual. It, it's mm. fine. It hasn't made any impact on me at all. No. <laughs> so the game itself is very simplistic. You, you move left and right, up and down and you jump and throw marbles, and that's it. You're, okay. So Mickey's attack is he can jump on enemies' heads, or you collect marbles in the game, which you can then throw at enemies, which obviously does lead to the fact that there can be situations where you need marbles thrown at enemies, but and you don't have, don't have any marbles does, left. Does the game account for the fact that you don't have marbles in the sense that you can... Can you still complete the level, or is it a case of you're buggered? I... Can't remember off the top of my head because I think out. it's quite generous with marbles, but it is something that John Burton talks about in the playthrough. He talks about how there is this situation where this can happen. There was a planned sequel, and this was originally how I came to find out about Game Hut was about three years ago, quite a bit three years ago, two and a half years ago, that he posted up footage from a sequel that's been planned where it was set in, in the, a Wild West cartoon with Two Gun Mickey from 1934. Mm. And in that, they changed the sequel where you had unlimited marbles. You didn't have to collect them. They were just there all the time. But then they then played about with the physics of the marbles. So some puzzles involved throwing marbles at things that would then cause like a domino effect, which would then impact on something within the environment. Mm. So because there was no restriction on the marbles, they could be a bit more free freeform mm. with it. So changing up the sequel. However, the sequel got canned because Disney wants them to focus more on the Toy Story game. And then the sequel just never got picked up beyond yeah. that. But the Toy Story game did turn out pretty well. Oh, Toy Story game is yeah. fantastic. And if they worked on A Bug's Life as well, that's, that's a pretty good run, isn't it? Mm. I, as I say, I didn't realise they'd done that, but Bugs Life is genuinely one of the best games on the PlayStation 1. So you played that on the PlayStation 1? Yeah. I won that in a competition. Did you? Not tell you the story. No. So my gran used to get the Daily Telegraph, don't judge her, and she used to pass on me, on a Sunday, used to pass on to me the supplement, which I think was called the, wait for it, the Fun Day Telegraph. Mm. Good, good word, Telegraph. Mm. Bugs Life came out in 1999, so I would have been 13. 
arguably too old to be reading the, the kids' supplement that came with a, a best-selling broadsheet. When you're at your nana's, sometimes you have to do desperate yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. And there was a, a competition in there where it said, um, yeah, promo, oh, there's a Bugs Life film coming out. It's all about Flick, the, the lovable ant, and he does this. and uh, to, to win, answer this question, what is the name of the hero ant in a Bugs Life? Is it Flick, Rick, or... Twat. Maybe. They probably want to put that. We could have gone for Dick. See, I was I was going to say that, but I thought I'd be a bit more subtle. But you just went straight for twat, which didn't even work anyway. <laughs> no. And I just thought, and I wasn't a kid who ever entered competitions. I just thought, yeah, I'll enter that. That seems, and I won. Excellent. So and I, then you I had won. it, and you were satisfied. And PlayStation One with a copy of a Bug's Life. You won a PlayStation. Yeah. One. I was waiting for that to, to kick it. <laughs> PlayStation One with a Bug's Life. Won a holiday to America to you Disney World. You are joking me. No. But the holiday to America, it was for one kid and one adult. So I remember my dad wrangling with the telegraph on the phone and eventually they gave us the monetary equivalent which we then put towards a holiday for all four of us to go in 2000. Jesus Christ, you win a, you win a holiday and that's not enough for <laughs> it's you. It's still not good enough for my yeah. dad. And then you also won a signed photo from one of the cast of A Bug's Life and I wanted to have David Hyde Pierce's not because I was interested in Frasier, because my uncle is called David Hyde. I never got it. I've still got a chip oh, on my shoulder about Oh, that. God. Not cool. Not cool. Oh, yeah. I got the <laughs> the monetary equivalent of a holiday to America in Disney World. All exclusive passes and all that. And I'm sad because I didn't get a piece of... A scribble on a, on a photograph yeah. of a man I didn't even care that much about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what the only thing I've ever won was? Your dignity compared to mine. Well, no, I don't feel like I have much of that left. But that's another story. <laughs> I I used to get the Beano, right? And there was a competition. I never entered competitions because I'm not a lucky person. But there was a competition in there, and I think it was like it was getting it was getting you hooked early. It was a scratch card type thing. Oh god! And it was in the Beano. Oh, and you scratched it off, and if you matched three thingies, it was. Uh, you wanna, you know? Do you remember uh, Mighty Max? Yeah. Well, yeah. this was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Her- Turtles version of Mighty Max. It was like shaped like a turtle, and you opened up the shell, and there was like a little miniature, whatever you call it. Don't tell him that. Yeah. And I won one of those. First thing, and the only thing still that I've ever won. And my parental figure took it off me and gave me it for Christmas. Oh. So yeah. Similar to how me getting games at the point of release never affected me. That clearly hasn't had an impact on you at all, has it? It's just it's it's quite a highlight of the difference in our lives, isn't it? It? it is. Oh yeah, my dad. My dad uh, rang up, rang up the Telegraph and complained that his prize wasn't what he wanted. Well, my dad took my prize off me and gave me it for Christmas, so he didn't have to spend so much money on me. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm. I think we should cut here. <laughs> <laughs> I must point out, I went through a phase of entering lots and lots of competitions after that because I thought, oh, I'm lucky. I'm on a bit streaky and didn't win anything else at all. Yeah, but you won that. Like, how many people... So another one of my friends, he did win. He won... No, he didn't win. Or maybe he did win. I can't remember, so this is a bad anecdote, but one of my friends won on Wonky Donkey. Oh, yeah. Wonky Donkey with S&TV. Either he won or his friend won a trip to Hamley's in, in London. Did you do a grab, run around to get all the toys? I don't know if they did that, oh. but they had like a sleepover in Hamley's. Mm. Him and loads of friends. Why? I don't know. That's a questionable. Very... Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering about it now. I don't know, I'll ask him next Did you time. make that up? No, 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 that's true. A sleepover in Hamley's? Yeah. Did they get anything else? I honestly can't tell you. That's rubbish. Well, yeah, you won a trip to America. I also won... Did Aussie... you go to America? Did you actually yeah. do it or did you just pocket the money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we parked the money around. No, we, all four of us went off to America for a jolly in thousand. Great. What was I doing in two thousand? Having Mighty Max taken off you and re-gifted. No, that was before. That was before I that. also, when I was at university, I won a year's supply of poppets. What? 
what does that count, equate to? It, again, it was a silly thing in the newspaper. The, the yeah, but how many puppets is a lifetime, uh, so, a one-year supply? Well, this took... I won this competition. I got this thing, so I won the You're going to tell me that you complained about how many puppets you got, aren't No, you? no, no. Quite the opposite. That It took me a long time to get them, because I kept phoning up, and the woman kept fobbing me off. Like, oh, yeah, the woman that sort it isn't here now, and I phoned up in the following day. Oh, she's in the meeting today. How did you today. win a, a load of puppets? Was it was, it was going to be some sort of stupid competition. It was in the, I've just said it in the university newspaper. Oh, I don't listen to you. And it was uh, like a, something about puppets, A, B or C, enter it, and then I'm guessing no one else entered, so I won by de facto. In the end, I got these puppets, and it was like these these big boxes that had like 50 packets in each box, and I won six of them. They're all different flavours. Well, got, that's, that is quite a lot. But it got to the point where I was sick of eating them, because... It's too much. Mm. Willy Wonka syndrome. I don't think that's a year's supply, though. Because that's... No. If there's 50 packets and there's six packets, that's 300. 300. That's if you're going to have one a day, mm. which I think for a year's supply of poppets should be, at the minimum, one a day. you got fobbed off. You I did, yeah. I've been there recently. I found them like in, under the stairs at mum's house. Like, <laughs> Are you joking them, me? Like the best before from like 14 years ago. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, great. So, kept them really. But yeah. again, it, it was raisin flavour. Mint, the mint flavour is really nice. And then just the plain chocolate ones. And the raisin ones, well, they can do one. They can get in the bin straight away. What are the away. plain chocolate ones? Like the toffee like, ones? Just like lump of chocolate. Is really? Yeah. The chocolate on poppets is horrible. Yeah, you can't. Mm. Yeah, and... Actually, I don't. You said the mint ones were nice, but oh, I, like I don't even ones. like the mint ones. They taste like um, after eights. They taste like plastic. Well, I like that taste. There you go. Competitions. Yeah. I don't really want to talk to you anymore. I'm, I'm it's quite like, bitter. It's like Little Lord Fortnite. Yeah, about, yeah exactly. It is. Oh, that was another one. You, so that that game that I am going to cut all references to <laughs> with, with Disney trivia in. What is Donald Duck's middle name? Fontelroy. What? Apparently he's called Donald Fontelroy Duck. Rubbish. No, true. It's in the game. Is that um, canon? That that's in the Disney. Yeah, definitely. Like our Goofy's. It's probably a, a dog, huh? Like Goofy's supposedly a dog. He is a dog. Why? What did you think he was? It's not mutant. Oh. Is are, are those other characters in this game, or is it just Mickey? It's just Mickey. It's just Mickey. Oh, Pluto appears in it as well. Right, you free okay. Pluto from the Mad Doctor, and then yeah. he follows you around for a. The Mad Doctor is like he is he a bald guy with big googly eyes. And a scientist. Jack yeah, man. like a big mad beardy a thing. A big mad doctor. He's very similar to... Yeah, him. he's got a big beard and yeah. he's not got any hair. Yeah. Mm. The style of him and those sort of levels from that cartoons from 1933, it reminds me a lot of Cuphead. Yeah, well that's... That which is obviously is what the Cuphead old, is in That's thrall, the style so. that Cuphead was going for, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Cool. Um... So the obvious thing, the obvious comparison for me, because I don't think I've played this on reflection, is Epic Mickey. Yeah. So Oswald is in Epic Mickey. Yeah. So is the Mad Doctor. Yeah. And so are a lot of other things, including Steamboat Willie. There is an entire level that is Steamboat Willie in Epic Mickey. Might be worth comparing the two to see what how how they uh, how they stand up to one another. I did think going through my research last night, it kept making me think of Epic Mickey that maybe that was it's a very similar style of game to this. It is. And then it made me think Epic Mickey was two thousand and ten. I came out, I think something like like that. Yeah. So then it made me think there was a fifteen year gap between those two. That you know it's now two thousand and ten. That's ten years ago. We're from five years from now, we should get another one, I think. Do you think that yeah. remakes that game? Like an Epic Mickey 3. Mm. John Burton, he wasn't lead designer or anything. Um. Epic Mickey was a completely different studio. It was Warren Spector. That was it, Warren Spector, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was Warren Spector made it, and it there was a big, big hoo-ha about it. And then it came out, and it was a bit of it was a bit deflating, because it wasn't as good as it should have been. But anyway, I think then that's something to... Wasn't Epic Mickey 2? Didn't that redress some of the flaws? Did it? But, but, yeah, but by that point, never been like... Mm. Yeah, exactly. That was the problem. That, that ship they had sailed. They had their chance. That steamboat um, had sailed. I reckon we should we should get stuck into this now. And if we got a chance, we'll have a little look at Epic Mickey, at least the Steamboat Willie episode. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, level even. 
and then uh, come back come back and have a chat about it. Are you excited about playing this? I don't know how to feel, mainly because I'm still smarting about your competition wins. My spoils. Yeah. My literal spoils. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to feel. There we go. We'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. Alright. seconds view that was an hour for us we've hunted some moose we've seen some lonesome ghosts and most importantly i've seen a steamboat willy how was it for you ashley <laughs> the, uh yeah i i liked the game i think oh why only i think yeah um it's because you died and i yeah over. i did die then you yeah all right <laughs> letting everybody know yeah uh, humble I, bragging is that humble just, brag just or is that is that throwing me under the bus for your benefit <laughs> yeah a bit both yeah I, I didn't want to... So the reason for that, let's contextualise that, the game doesn't have any kind of... It has one continue, because you one continue, yeah. and I died about halfway through the second level, and the level's quite long. Second world. Second world, sorry. Or second cartoon. Each cartoon is in several levels. Yeah. Then. Yeah. That. So yeah, I was... Yeah. Because I was going to say the levels are quite long, mm. but you're talking... You're, you're distinguishing between worlds and levels. I am, so yes. There are, there are different sections for each world, and... Yes, I suppose you could say they're levels. So I died halfway through the second world, which doesn't sound as bad. No. <laughs> it's halfway through the second level. And it we'd been going for a while, and I wasn't confident that on my second go through the game I'd be able to get through it. So you took over for us, didn't you? And you got us through a few levels, a few worlds. And there isn't a password system. No, and that's, that's why I was like, because I asked you... I well, when I used to play this back in the day, there was a level that I consistently, repeatedly got mm. to and would scrape through to that level with one life and then instantly die and then that's it, game over and I got to start the whole thing again and that would happen multiple times. Yeah. Again, I think I think that there's a change that's taken place over our lifetimes with games where the I was... The accessibility side of it. Yeah, where yeah, I was happy to do that when I was a five-year-old boy. Yeah. <laughs> I am 32. Not got time. Not just not got time, not got the inclination. Mm. When I died and didn't have any way to go back to that level, I was like, well, that's that game's done for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably not going to play that again. <laughs> it really kills the passion. Like, I was, mm. I was quite enjoying it. The game, when it started up, I felt like he was a bit of a floaty character. You used to like his jumping. Yeah, I didn't like his jumping at first, but I, I started to feel right comfortable with it quite quickly. But then, yeah, and I was enjoying the game, and then I died, and it went continue, and then I died again, and it sent me to the beginning of the game, and it just killed all the right. enjoyment for me. Is that bad? No, not at all. That's mm. completely fine. So it is a fairly standard platformer. Like it's, it does all the staples well. Like there's nothing to jump on this thing. Yeah, kill this thing. Yeah, you could you you do a little jump on things' heads to yeah. to kill them, the enemies' heads to kill them, or you throw the marbles at them. That's fairly standard, I'd say, for mm -hmm. a platformer in 1995. You are platforming. The platforming isn't particularly challenging for the most part, which is fine. Um, we're not talking about Super Meat Boy levels of <laughs> sort of pixel perfect platforming the game for the most part i think is fairly is quite a fair one the it challenge for us came from we realized part way through world uh, the third world the moose hunters that was when i'd taken over that i was inching forward bit by bit because 
they were, start, were starting to get to the point where things would fall down to hinder Mickey's progress or to even land on him and, and lose some hit points. So I was inching forward bit by bit because then I could then preempt those things happening and then get yeah. out of the way. So the challenge came from those things happening. I was one point in the Mad Doctor world where I had quite some, a few things. Some to... bats flying overhead. Mm. There were a couple of skeletons. There was some fire. And it was it was all a bit much for me. There was a lot of things going on all at once that you had to keep your eyes on. Yes, but. Equally, it was fairly fair in the way that it threw things at you, mm-hmm. and so and you could. It wasn't it wasn't so random that you couldn't keep an eye on what was yeah. going on and 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 know how to navigate through I, those problems. I think my point is that it rewarded being careful and being. It hesitant. did reward being careful, and not that's a bad thing. May, at all. Well, not necessarily that that's a bad thing. Yeah, maybe not, but maybe that's not the kind of platform I like. I quite like balls to the wall. Yeah, you like Steve Meat Boy, don't you? I love Steve Meat Boy. I can't stand it. Um, Rayman Origins, as well, is mm. a fantastic platformer. Yeah. Super fast. Which bit's a bit super fluid. fast, would you say? What, Rayman? Yeah. Rayman Origins. Oh, the one on the Switch? Mm, well, that's Rayman Legends. Ah, okay, I'm thinking of a different one then. But that's the sequel to Rayman Origins. Right. If you think if you think about the um, you know the automated running levels where... Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Immense, <laughs> and they are, they're like pixel-perfect platforming. Yes, they are. And they, they're pretty fast compared to the rest of the game. In Rayman Origins, there are a number of levels where... Where you have to bolt through the right through the level. So I mean, in Rayman terms, pretty fast. Because if you go back to Rayman one, two, three, they are more standard two mm-hmm. uh, D and then three D platformers. Whereas Rayman Origins really, really went for fluidity. So fluidity of platforming. Yeah, there is a perfect line through the levels of Rayman Origins. Yeah, that's what you mean. And sticking to that perfect line makes everything feel very, very fluid mm. and very fast. I love that game. <laughs> so if you're talking about platforming, people probably hold up maybe Mario, maybe Sonic, maybe, well, maybe Mario, maybe Sonic as like pinnacles of platforming. I would add Rayman Origins to it. Would you? I would, yeah. Mm. I think that that is, for me, that's a bar that other platformers get compared to and did mickey hit that bar or not no that's what i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to say in a very did, long-winded did fashion crazy with his ears not really no it, if you think about the context of this game the game's not necessarily going to be made we aren't the audience 32 year olds in 1995 weren't the audience for no, mickey mania right. i was seven at that time so i was probably the audience for that game i probably would have enjoyed it at that time now it feels like a fairly staple platformer which is where where i was what i was saying mm-hmm. wasn't it it feels like a step platformer that does the does the foundational work very well uh, or solidly, but it doesn't it doesn't stand out as a platformer. You said that you felt it has learned from the sixteen bit platformers that would have come before it and took a few tricks from that, possibly. So did I? Yeah, you do. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> saying that. Wittingly. What do you mean? This would have come in spring nineteen ninety five. This was yeah. towards the end of the sixteen bit era, wasn't it? Mm. You said the PlayStation One came out in ninety five. Yeah. So this would have been one of the last few great, in my opinion, two D platformers, wouldn't it? So it well, had that there was still two D. There was a transitional. I said there that's was. what I said, wasn't it? There was a two. There was a transitional period going on at this time. Right. So the PlayStation was out in ninety five. Then we had Super Mario sixty four in ninety six. I think. Yeah. Um. And Super Mario 64 changed the game in terms of platforming because in, in quite literal terms added another dimension yeah. to the whole affair. Uh, you still had 2D platformers and you had sort of half 3D platformers. I can't remember Isometric what that... type ones. Well, not even isometric. Ones that were rendered in 3D with polygons but then moved on a 2D plane. Bug? Bug. Bug. Don't know. B-U-G on Saturn. It was one where you'd be going on a level and you could then go 
away from the camera or towards the camera, but it was very much a, a 2D yeah. game. Right. Okay. A Clock at Night, that was another one for the Saturn that did a similar sort of thing, if I remember. Right. I might be misremembering that one, actually. The one that I'm trying to think of, I can't remember for the life of me the name of it, but it was a PlayStation 1 um, game, and it had like a character that was a jester. Oh, Pandemonium. Pandemonium, yeah. So Pandemonium was was quite well regarded. I, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was one of the first games out on the PlayStation. I was just going to say that may well be because it was one of the first few games, so maybe you'll think, oh wow, this is amazing. And that might be one where actually it wasn't that great. It, was, it just seemed it at the time. The way I remember it, it was quite a speedy mm. platforming affair and it had a lot of bouncing. Yes, from platform as platform. well. It, it always looked quite fun. It was on Games Master, I think. Oh. I think that's where I experienced it. Was Sony it. Backhander. There you go, Games Master. Do you right? Yeah. Mm, probably. Probably. But yeah, so it was. there was a transitional period going on, wasn't there? And I don't know where that fits in. I don't know where Mickey Mania fits in. I think they were, they were the back end. Yeah, they were the back end of 2D platformers. But then 2D platformers were still being made, but they were doing different things to distinguish themselves. What did this game do to distinguish itself is my question. Well, we've just been talking about 2D, 3D, the 3D aspects. In there the were game. 3D. Were they pseudo 3D? Would you say they weren't? They weren't rendered with polygons. I think they were tricks from the look of it. Possibly, yeah. So the one that jumped out to me first was in the first world. There's a crane that's on the steamboat. On the steamboat, yeah. Yeah, that's lifting crates from one side of the, of the level to the other, and you have to jump on these crates in order to be carried across. And the crane is facing to the left, and then it swings across to the right and in doing so you then sort of points out of the screen yeah and yeah. then you can see through it to the background yeah. beyond it it looks amazing it does look it looks very nice and i asked that question it, i i have an answer to the question what did this game do to distinguish itself it was that i think that it was the look of it its appearance distinguishes it from everything else and that's part of it the fact that it had those 3d elements to it but the 3d elements aren't the to me, they aren't the selling point of that game. No, no. You said so... in the first half about the animators, uh, the Disney Animation mm-hmm. Studios sent cells, original cells, for the game to be scanned in developers to yeah to work from, and that absolutely shows. Yeah, definitely, it looks stunning. Yeah, I really liked in the first level, first world, the use of color and the way yes. it was the yeah. way it was done in that style. So it starts off the very first sort bit when there, style. you've got the yeah good good reference. You've got down the left and right. That sounded thank pat- you. That sounded, that sounded patronising. You didn't mean to be. I, 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 Very well done, Ashley. Pat compl- on the head. I completely forgot about that film, and that is an amazing film. Mm. And it's just it's nice to be reminded of it. Mm. So when you first start off the game, you've got on the left and right, and you didn't even notice, did you, when you were playing? The, not not the, immediately. No. Um, what do you call it? The film reel effect yeah. at, at the edge, as if you're in, in the cartoon. There's lines coming across. Uh, vertically and then as you start going through those gradually are removed from the screen to make it become more like a game and then as you traverse through the first world it then starts adding bit by bit adding colour into it and I just thought that was amazing such a really simple visual effect I think it's lovely and it was done very well it it looked really nice in black and white Hmm. and we said we didn't we didn't have a look at Epic Mickey I I don't feel like we needed to no I think so compares very favourably to that level in Epic Mickey. You can do a direct comparison and they look, both of them look just as good as each other, I think. With that 15 years apart. Yeah, with that 15 years with with the difference in technology. I think that you could hold, that that, that holds itself up. So in terms of the presentation, you also commented on the voice samples. Yeah, which you could check. You could go into the options and you could play through each of the samples, which... I don't. I know that that's. I've definitely seen games where they you've been able to do that before, but I would did wonder whether 
they had done that, where they put that option into the options because they were so proud of their, their work. They were, they were very nice renderings mm. of Mickey's voice. Because you were I, I explained that they were in there to you and you were worried they'd be a bit distorted. Sometimes you get quite compressed sounds, especially from cartridges because of because of storage limitations mm. and how expensive cartridge uh, so storage solutions for cartridges were. Isn't it on Sonic 1 that the, the Sega at the start is not like an, an eighth or a quarter or something of the total cartridge? Yeah. yeah, no, now that you say that, that does ring a bell. But yes, and even that, Sounds quite compressed when you think of it. Yeah, it there's, does. A, there's a sort of slight choppiness mm. to it or uh, fuzziness to it, which is part of the character of it. Yeah. And you also get that even even on the N64, when you hear vocals on the N64, which didn't always happen, or music on the N64, it can often sound not that Unpleasant. great. Yeah. Uh, and that was a whole generation ahead of where the Meg Drive was. So the fact that 16-bit had these voice samples of Mickey, and there was a, quite a wide range of them as well, yeah. weren't there? It, yeah, it's they were. fantastic. Uh, it, there, were, there was even... The, just the sound of... This, the presentation was brilliant. Yes. Okay, so that's that's where we are with this. I think that that was the, the selling point. It was visual and it was audible. It was audio. Even to the point where his idle animation, which was lovely, wonderfully rendered. Very um, fluid. Even had this little tiny tap-tap when he tapped his watch, which just... Just made the animation. It's characterful, in, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that they've then thought, right, this is his eyes animation. He's tapping his watch to, to prompt you into it. Let's add a sound effect as he's tapping his finger on his watch. Fantastic. Any, lots of other games at the time, I'm sure, would have left out that tiny yeah. little sound effect. And it made the animation. Well, like Sonic, I keep talking about Sonic, but his eyes animation is him frowning at the tapping screen and tapping his foot. his foot. You never hear him tapping his foot. No. What, what? no, exactly. It really is. It, you, you've touched on the enemies as well. There was quite a breadth of enemies. And you said that the enemies, all all of the enemies were based in the cartoons they were based on. Yeah, they're all enemies from those those cartoons. And even beyond that, there were things that popped up in each level that was from that cartoon. Yeah, the so whole thing was based in, was grounded in the work of the animation. Yeah, there was so the cartoons and all Fallout and... It really paid off. The the quality really comes through. From yeah, that. they it really does. They, everything moved so so wonderfully, and particularly the bats. I don't I don't know if I said <laughs> about the bats. The bats when you hit them with the marbles when you take them out of the air, their wings sort of they they desiccate and shrivel, yeah, and it just yeah. leaves the spindly fingery bits as they fall out of the sky. I really like that animation. I I like the animation in the same level of the skeletons as well skeletons you've said uh, haven't you dropping from the sky mm-hmm. and they when they landed they sort of spongily hit the they hit the ground and they sort of coiled up like a spring and then they coil they uncoiled again and they were stood up then they threw their head off and then when when you hit them they exploded into a shower of bones mm-hmm. so there's, there's lots of different se- sequences of animation all just for that one that one enemy yeah and you said at one point during the Mad Doctor, you couldn't believe the amount of stuff that was going onto the screen. That was mm. just window dressing. That was just there for yeah. effect. Yeah. Like there were these, there was this mantelpiece in the background that had some knives that fell down as you walked mm. past them. There was a clock that had the hands spinning around for no real reason. Mm. Just there, just to look pretty. And yeah. it really did look stunning. Yeah. Uh, there was so much effort poured into the visual in this game. And I think, you know, that's probably... Possibly where the money was spent. If I don't know what the budget is, but I would say rightly so as well, because this is something that we were discussing as we were playing. Disney's the backbone of Disney is it's a, is it was at least at the time. It's 
hand-drawn animation. Mm -hmm. At the time, they were going through a bit of a revival, 95, weren't they? So, So 95, we discussed, was when it was after The Lion King was 94, wasn't it? And then... It was Beauty and the Beast 1990 or 91. Yeah, 1990. Aladdin was 92. Mm -hmm. Little Mermaid had been 89 or 88. Yeah, possibly. So, we we had Little Mermaid, uh, Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, this, this slew of what are regarded as classics. Yeah. Um, Rightly in the, so. In the Disney pantheon. And before it was the Hunchback and Notre Dame. Before the Hunchback and Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. So they were right in the midst of this of this revival, I suppose, is what you might call it. And this game, I think, took that on board and they took what the they took what Disney does well and they put it front and centre. Yeah. So the game the game was a solid game and then they they used that to showcase this amazing spectacle which was the which was grounded in the animation. And the history you commented on. Oh, yeah. Being... The, the, it was like a history lesson, <laughs> right. in a way. And I, I mean that in the best way. I like history, so sorry. But, like, before each level, it would tell you which cartoon the level was from, or based on, and it would give you the, the year. The... It was the date. It said November the whatever, 1928. Yeah, for uh, yeah I didn't... Re- I, yeah, yeah, it had the date. So, it would, uh, And then you were rescuing a Mickey from each each level. And the Mickey was based on the Mickey Mouse that was in that cartoon. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to see... And it showcased again. It, before each level, it would show you that version of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I loved that. It, it, it's a progression of the of the animation. It was It was looking at the origins and then taking you through this... This progression of how how Mickey Mouse as a character Definitely. changed in a visual way. The Mickeys were optional. You didn't have to rescue the Mickeys in each level. No, but you still, even if you didn't rescue them, you were still given this little window into hmm. here's why you're in this this area, this yeah. world because it's the Mickey from yeah, the and and that little nugget of history. So in in the different versions, the snares, the Mega CD, the PS One versions, there were different things that happened in the different versions. Oh, I was going to ask you about this, yeah, because it well links into the, the different Mickey's on the Mega CD version. It added in for the final boss, you could then summon, for want of a better word, Final Fantasy esque, you could summon the Mickey's you'd rescued to help you defeat the boss. Right. Okay. So I'm guessing therefore, you... if there's one you haven't rescued, that would then put you to slight disadvantage. Yeah. So that was Sega CD, did you say? The Mega CD. Yeah. The Mega CD. So. You couldn't do that on the Mega Drive. No, the Mega Drive right. was, was just... What about the PlayStation PC? version? Was there so any PlayStation 1 had enhanced graphics and also I did a, a chase level into the Mickey and the Beanstalk level uh, world with Willie the Giant chasing you. Willie's what? Willie the Giant? Willie the Giant. Willie the Giant, right, okay. Uh, not to be confused with Steamboat Willie. They, they must still love Willie's. They did love don't, their don't, Willies, don't, didn't they? Come on, that's us grown up. Right, okay. The SNES version also missed out the hidden level that was in the Mega Drive version. Oh, is this the level that you were talking about in the yeah. Jack and the Beanstalk, so, in the Beanstalk level? Up until watching the Let's Play that John Burton did on Game Hut, I did not know that this existed. In Mickey and the Beanstalk, so this was the cartoon from 1947 in which it was basically Jack and the Beanstalk with Mickey, the first level of that is you on the giant's table with you know apples that are bigger than you and boxed mm. of cheese, etc. And the enemies are insects. The second level of that world is then out in the giant's garden, and you, there are some basic puzzles. We've got seeds that I think you have to put water on to make them grow to get up to other bits. And there's one jump where you go up to a platform, and then over to the left, there's an enemy flying around there. And if you jump on that enemy's back and then jump up, there's a hidden platform up there. But if you hit that enemy and don't quite make the jump, that's it, the enemy's gone. You can't mm. then get up again. And then you go up there, and it takes you to this hidden world that's the band concert from 1935 and it's level set inside a hurricane where it's whizzing you up the, inside the hurricane there's things falling down and you, you're on this platform that's being taken up and then up at the top you've got the, the mickey from 
that world. Right, okay. But then for the SNES version, they took it out completely. Hmm. But I, like I said, I didn't know this level they even existed, existed. Because That's there's, been, there's, there's no mention of it yeah, at it all, always makes as me, far as I'm aware. It always surprises me when work is put work is sort of hidden that way. Yeah. I, I don't... It's it's really nice they've done that. It's thing, a reward. But it makes me wonder but... why they went to the... Like you say, why they went to the trouble of doing that. Yeah. And then, for most players to miss it. Yeah. I suppose like a little treat for the people that didn't. Because I did play this game a lot. Mm. And, and still didn't come across it. No. Just as the difference is before we move on from yeah. that, the Mega CD and PS1 had Michael Giacchino doing the soundtrack too. You, you're not sure who this I don't know guy is. Michael He's Giacchino. done a lot of soundtracks. I'm not good at people. People's names are just people full stop. You know like some people know actors and actresses. And right. Oh they've like, been in so and so. and Well they've been in so and so and Oh, that that person there is this person. Yeah, even down to that level, I could be in a room Can't full of actors and actresses, and maybe no ten percent of them. Right, and that's not because I don't like films or or anything, or I don't take an interest because I don't. I, I'm completely the opposite. But for the most part, I don't recognise people. I feel like I've got some kind of clinical issue <laughs> with face. Like I'm looking at you now, and I'm barely recognising you. <laughs> You know, the only reason I can tell who you are is your glasses. There's a, there is a degenerative disease like that where people don't recognise people's faces. Maybe you've got that. Yeah, maybe I have to go along with the rest of my degenerative diseases. <laughs> it's where people, like, they start forgetting their loved ones. I'm like, I don't want to use the word Alzheimer's. But... It sounds like Alzheimer's. I, it's not the first time I've worried about having that on early onset. It hits you hardest when you're young. Oh, crikey. Like if, if... This, is, this is taking a swerve. <laughs> I didn't like <laughs> You you made it happen. I don't know. So, just to come back, I don't want people to think that I don't like the game. That's what I was just thinking. We've just yeah. spent now 20 minutes or so saying how amazing this game is, and you said it's it's okay. What did you it, Yeah, feel? so the game itself was okay, but the, everything around the game was, was great. Yeah, that, that is it. I, I think that if you're playing it for a platformer, you're probably playing the wrong game, and they're a better platformer. But if you're playing it for an experience, then I'd recommend it to everybody, because the experience is almost like playing through the cartoons you know a, a, a very particular way of playing mm. through the cartoons you're not you're not acting them out but you <laughs> you can do that if you want that's, yeah, that's your yeah. choice by all means yeah pull, pull, pull the sofa out do it with your, your fingers like behind the sofa like no never mind Cut put a little put a little hat on with the ears Good idea. Yeah. Um, you feel like you are you are in the world. That's what I mean. And in terms of the worlds, something we haven't talked about is the gameplay, the mix, the fact that it's yep. mostly a platformer, but then there are things in. So in the Mad Doctor, there's a level set on a, a, a minecart or whatever yeah. it's supposed to be, where you've got to duck under saws and jump over pits. There's a, a level where you go onto a lift that then goes up to different floors and the yeah. skeletons that try when and get I, on. Because you said really? David Jaffa was involved in this game, didn't yes. you? Yes. And... When that was happening, for anyone that's played the new God of War, you'll you'll maybe remember there's an episode, a moment where you're on this big platform that is acting as a lift, and all the enemies are jumping on the lift, and then this giant dragon comes out of nowhere and destroys the lift. And I said, I mean, in very loose terms, if you know both games, I said, there's a level set on the lift in God of War. And Chris went, ah, oh, that's interesting, given the heritage of David Jaffa being involved with both games. It's the first game so, he ever worked on. First, so, This was the first game yeah. David Jaffa worked on. Mm. So maybe there was that... He wasn't there. involved, as far as I know, he wasn't involved in the newest right. version of God of War. Yeah. Okay. But he, he originated God of War into uh, the first one, didn't he? Maybe you mentioned someone at the studio, 
You should do a lift level in the next one. Maybe that's yeah, where maybe, maybe about. that's where it we couldn't possibly say. No, I wouldn't like to guess. I really like the level with the moose as well. So yeah, which aspect? The the running towards you, yeah. the 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 gameplay of it, the fact the moose in the background, the animation, the 3D. I didn't know which bit of the moose. Sorry, yeah, the actual one, the moose is so the one where the moose is charging towards yeah. the screen. Yeah. So we, you mentioned that in the first episode, in the first half of this list, didn't you? Yeah. And I said, oh, like Lion King, and it is. Exactly like Lion King. So in the Lion King game, you've got the... It's the buffalo. The buffalo, yeah. yeah, charging at you. And you've got Simba, you've got to get away from the buffalo. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing, but with Mickey running away from a move. And it looked really nice. Oh, it did, it did look it was, really nice. It was amazing. Was it parallaxing or was it some kind of 3D effect? I think it's like a 3D barrel almost that he's running on. Yeah. Each time the barrel disappears out of sight, it's then refreshing to put other texture right. on, I, I mm-hmm. think. It was very smartly done. And an interesting way to mix things up. So I've... Previous episode, Alex Kidd, I I was saying to you how brilliant it was that they started with a, a level that was up to down, mm. going going down the screen rather than left to right. And we've praised other other platformers for mixing things, yeah, up, haven't we? And I, I think that this one does a very solid job yes, of, of doing the same. It, it's throwing different things at you at a reasonable pace. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of variety to your experience. What, bang for your book? Yeah, yeah. I did really, really like, I really enjoyed the level you were talking about on the Mad Doctor where you were on the trolleys, whatever you call them. When I they played, were like when I played through that during the second go where I was playing it, uh, taking over for you, the music of it really it was it was adrenaline inducing. Yeah, I, I was I was buzzing. the music the music ratchets up, doesn't it? And, it, oh, it's and you're you're almost like surfing on these yeah. gurneys, aren't they? Like medical yeah, gurneys. that's probably what it is. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that it comes close to sort of pixel perfect platforming yeah. that I do enjoy because you did have to you had to time your jumps off each gurney yeah. onto the next one quite uh, quite closely. It's great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. The tower episode, the, the tower level even, where you were navigating down the tower, I thought that looked really nice. Everything just looked really nice. It sounded really nice. Yeah. And it was it was like playing through a Disney game, a, a Disney cartoon. So overall, very positive? Yeah, I think I think hopefully I haven't come across as miserable about the game. No, no, so I, I think you've been extremely positive that you've gushed about the game. Yeah, I, I think that the game as an experience is brilliant, as a platformer is moderate, and overall is well worth diving into, especially if you like your Disney. So I did a bit of research into this, if it's still available. There's been a bit of clamouring on Steam for it. People complain it's not available on Steam, so it's definitely not on there. It's not, as far as I could find, on any Nintendo shop. It's not on Xbox, but bizarrely, it is on the PlayStation Store. Right. For £1.69. Do you think it's worth £1.69? I would pay £1.69 for it happily. Pay £1.70 for it. Yeah. What, what would be, be the... Off? Yeah, that's just... I thought you were going there. Um... <laughs> Tenner. No, no tenner's that's... too much. I think four quid. That seems unreasonably low, I'd say. Why? Just four quid's nothing, isn't it? Like, it's a pint. That's a pint? Probably. Where are you drinking? No way. So well. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I went out to a, a gig last week with a friend, and he bought. He came back with a two-pinter. Yeah. Which he didn't know they existed. They do if you're at... If you're at special places. Yeah. Twelve quid. Twelve pounds. We were at a you know, gig venue and that. 12 actual pounds? Yeah. Not like 12 pounds of flour? Up the O2 at Leeds. Disgusting. Yeah. And he paid for it as well, willingly. He's just going to piss it out. <laughs> he did. He's paid 12 pounds for a long piss. That's what he's just done. <laughs> yeah, and he said that the toilets were awful as well. Great. It's, so he, it's he sold paid 12 pounds to have a long, a long whiz in a terrible toilet. So, in terms of that, 12 pounds for a long whiz in a miserable toilet. Yeah, but that's a rip-off. And can't... Mickey Mania, which... For one... £1.69. Yeah. I would definitely take the uh, long... I mean, the, the Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's, go it's for a Mickey Mania. Yeah. Do you like it still? 
I mean, yeah, I even need to ask. I, I loved it. I yeah, genuinely I loved it. The fact that you know you you got that France game and said, "Oh no, I'm not bothered." I took over the 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 glee on my face. Yeah, I, you were I, enjoying I, that. I could tell. It was great. I think that that sort of game is the is the perfect gateway for parent gamers to yeah, introduce children into into gaming. There's a there's a decent amount of challenge. It controls nicely and it looks gorgeous. And it's respectful to the character as well, which we would want yeah. children would enjoy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, if you're a parent with a kid that you want to introduce to gaming, you are the perfect perfect audience for this game. Go and get it. There you go. I think we're done, aren't we? I think we're done as well. Yeah. I'm. I thank you for bringing that game. I I mean that in, in all sincerity. It was a real refresh well, refreshing really play. Good. Yeah. If you enjoyed listening to us today, we are also available through our social media pages on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash this gameware, Twitter on twitter.com forward slash this gameware, and we also have a YouTube channel which all of our podcasts go out on. We're also dabbling with a few other bits. So at the moment, I'm doing a, a little series on Planet Zoo where I build Chester Zoo in the UK. Please do feel free to subscribe, to like, to do whatever you need to do on those pages, and come and have a chat with us. Uh, leave us a few comments um, we'd love to hear from you especially if you are a uh, regular listener thank you again for joining us yeah thanks for listening and, we'll and hopefully we'll see you again, see you again soon for another game yeah okay thank you this game where is a specky two guys production music for the episode is provided under creative commons license by stevia sphere from the album Cellavision, which can be found at steviasphere.bandcamp.com. <laughs>